Welcome to the Same Side Selling Podcast. I am your host, Ian Altman. RFPs, Request for Proposal. It could be the sign of something great that's coming down the pike. It could be something that sucks you into the vortex of evil. So how do you figure out which one it is? This is one of the most common questions I get, and it's often from leaders of businesses, and it usually sounds something like this. Look, we pursue a bunch of RFPs, and if I'm honest, maybe we win 2%. But there was this one time that we responded to an RFP, we had no discussions before, and they ended up becoming a great client of ours. So even though we only win 5%, 2%, we feel like we still need to respond to them. And that's a shame because the reality is that it means that 98% of the time, 95% of the time, it's a waste of time. And why do I say that? Well, when we were writing Same Side Selling, many of you know that my co-author, Jack Quarles, is a guy who spent two decades in purchasing and procurement. And I said to Jack, I know how you procurement people work. And half the time you send something out for RFP, you already have a preferred vendor. Jack smiled. He said, it's not true. He said, really? He said, yeah. A hundred percent of the time we have a preferred vendor. And if you don't know who it is, it's not you. So what do we learn from that? Well, instead of looking at it through our lens as the seller, I want you to look at it through the procurement person's lens or the consultant who's supposed to bring in different options for their client and what's going on through their lens. They've told the buyer in this situation, whoever the ultimate customer is, we're gonna go out and get alternatives for you. Now they know that not everyone is the same. Their job is to convince you that everyone is treated as a commodity. So generally what happens is somebody has gotten to them earlier in the process. Someone has asked them enough questions that they feel comfortable that this is someone who can probably do the job well. But they can't just go to the end customer. They can't just go to the end user and say, here's our one. They have to have multiple choices. So they reach out. Now, they may not have finally decided on that vendor, but they always have a preferred vendor, somebody who they're leaning towards, somebody who they're rooting for. And as Jack says, if you don't know who it is, it's not you. The other thing I want you to consider is this. When you have received an RFP and have won that business, what percent of the time did everything you need to know about that project find its way into the RFP? And if you're being honest, the answer is probably never. And the procurement people know that too. They know that everything you need to know is never in the RFP. They hope enough of it is. And if all the details are not listed in the request for proposal, that gives the vendor the ability to create change orders, which means you can agree to do their project for, let's say, a million dollars. And now if there's something that wasn't covered in the RFP and you need to do that, you can come back to them and say, oh, this one thing wasn't in there. We can add it. And that's going to be $100,000. Well, what if they picked you because you were 5% less than somebody else? Well, now you're 10% higher. So did it really work out? If you want to get top results for your team, take a look at the Same Side Selling Academy. Just visit samesideselling.com to learn more.
what I want you to consider is this, is that when they're asking for a bid from you, when they're asking you to participate in the RFP process, they may just be looking to get additional ideas they can feed to their preferred vendor. You may be what they call column fodder, which is you're just additional cells on a spreadsheet. Oh yeah, this vendor, yeah, they're the ones in column J because they're not even really focused on you. Their top two vendors are in column A and B, you're over in J. So that's not really what we're looking for. How do we pivot away from that? How do we make it so that we can have meaningful conversations? Well, since the procurement people know that not everything is in the RFP, and since the end customer probably knows, what they're not looking for is for you to say, well, we like to talk to people in advance, because that's your need as the seller, not their need as the customer or buyer. But what if instead, what if you said to them, in these RFPs, what we know is this. We know that very rarely is every piece of detail we need for the end project in the RFP. In fact, you've been doing this a long time as a buyer. What percentage of the time have you seen everything is covered in the RFP at the end of the day? And if they're honest with you, they're gonna say, well, probably less than half the time. And we can say, it's more like almost never. And when that happens, what it means is that we might overlook something in the bidding process so that we may come in at a certain price point focused on a certain type of result that doesn't reflect reality. So we might either overshoot or undershoot what you need. Ultimately, what happens is we, you, and everybody involved tend to look bad because if something wasn't included in the RFP, you're not gonna blame us for having a change order to accommodate that, but it makes everybody look bad. We often find that with a 15 minute conversation, we can un uncover those things. If there's something we uncover that makes it not a good fit for us, we'll politely decline. We're happy to share that information with you. If it looks like we can help, and maybe there's something that was missing, we don't mind if you include it for other people. We just never want our clients to spend money with us and engage us for something if we're not confident of what the results need to look like. And if we haven't done our due diligence to make sure that nothing's missing so we can avoid any of those conflicts with our clients. One of the things we pride ourselves on is that we take on projects and we have a very, very small percentage of change orders across all of our projects. And the only way we can do that is if we have some limited conversations up front. Is there no way we can do that? Well, what I've just done is I've given them a reason that's in their best interest to have a conversation. Now, here's the funny part. People will say, oh, well, you can't possibly do that in certain scenarios. If you're involved in specific government contracting, that's probably true. Now, it still happens, but they'll say, okay, we can have a conversation, but don't tell anybody. And if it's found out later, you could be in trouble. So maybe not a great idea, but guess what? It still happens all the time. Outside of that, in the corporate world, very often my clients, when they present this type of approach, the buyer will say, okay, we can have a quick conversation about this. And what they say is, if a blind RFP where they have no interaction, they win less than 5%, when they push for and get that conversation, they win more than 40%. So it's an eightfold increase. What they also learn is the people who say, no, we won't have that conversation, you can't do that. They weren't going to win that deal anyhow. And so for some of my clients, I've said, great, if you still want to submit a response, that's fine. I just want you to track which ones they wouldn't have a conversation with you on and which of those you won.
And the answer to this point, and it may change over time, is zero. <laughs> zero times has somebody refused to have a conversation and then awarded them the business. I'm not saying it'll never happen. It'll just rarely happen. And that's why I say that notion of we won this one deal via RFP that was blind is a trap because it means that you actually believe that pursuing these opportunities, even when the deck is stacked against you, is a good idea. And instead, all I'm suggesting is let's have some conversations. Let's push back a little bit and see if we get those conversations. And if we do, it would increase our chances eightfold. And if we don't, it probably tells us that we're column fodder. And for those of you thinking, well, I don't want to be precluded from future RFPs, you can say, look, if we can't have this, if we can't have this conversation, I totally understand. That's fine. Generally, when that happens, it means that they already have a preferred vendor. They just need another bid. And if we know that, we won't spend a lot of time on it. We'll just give you a high number. And that way, at least you have something to compare it against. And then in the future, if we can have a conversation, we'd love to participate at a more genuine level, if that's okay. And they'll actually appreciate that you understand the process they go through and that you were column fodder. And that in and of itself might make you stand out if not for this opportunity, for the next one. Wherever you're watching or listening to this podcast, please make sure to like it, subscribe, share with your friends, prevent your enemies from seeing it, whatever you like. If you're a fan of Same Side Selling, you can learn more about us at samesideselling.com. And any questions for me, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. See you next time on the Same Side Selling Podcast.